good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the No Doze edition of The Coaching Staff, episode number 41, and we are taping this uh, precisely at 948 p.m. Central Standard Time, or as Tony D. Viss calls it, his beauty sleep time. He is. I need it. (laughs) Face for radio, baby. (laughs) Come on now. You're beating yourself up a little bit there. I mean, maybe fax machine or something like that. (laughs) 49 seconds. We lost him this week already. Okay, let's get this back into play here, all right? (laughs) Episode number 41. Uh, Tony, oh gosh. All right, so it's it's 949 now, and many of you have already left. Those of you still with us, uh, we are here uh, this week talking about taking care of yourself. Episode number 41, Tony, I've got five jersey numbers for you. Uh, Holy cow! I yeah. would. I don't know if I know like a single forty-one. Uh, these are I. These are good. Three basketball players, two baseball players, and they're all. Uh, four of them are Hall of Famers in their respective for, uh, sports, and one of them is a. I would imagine a college basketball Hall of Famer. Huh. So, you want to go basketball? You want to go baseball? I don't know if it's going to matter much, but we can try basketball first. Oh well, okay. Let's start. Let's start with what I think is the hardest basketball one. Uh, the first b- before Kevin Love on the outlet pass, it was this guy. Oh, Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld. There you go. See. Um. The other one. Uh. Great. Great. College basketball player, very good professional, won a national championship both as a college player and an NBA championship as a professional player. Hail to the victors, valiant hail. Glenn Rice? Glenn Rice, there you go. There you go. Uh, The other one, the, the, the third one, it's the most obvious basketball one. The first great European player. Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki. There you go, buddy. <laughs> there you go. See, just just need a little nudge. Need a little push. <laughs> a little password plus here. <laughs> there you go. Two baseballers, older baseballers. One, uh, let's see here. Third baseman, 1950s was his heyday, but he's a Hall of Famer. One of the greats of the game. Third baseman, 1950s. Milwaukee Braves. <laughs> Him and Henry Aaron were the one-two duo of the Milwaukee Braves of the 1950s. My dad. I am not going to get this one. Eddie Matthews. Eddie Matthews. Hall of Famer, okay. Eddie Matthews. And then the other Hall of Fame pitcher, Metropolitan Metropolitans, and. Cincinnati Red Stockings. Tom Seaver? Tom Seaver. There you go, buddy. There's five of them. You got four out of five. 
Not bad. I, I feel bad in the Eddie Matthews one, but I don't think I would have got that, even if you would maybe given me the initials. Well, I think Eddie Matthews forgives you. Okay. Yes, he he, he forgives you. All right, let me let me see if Eddie Matthews is still alive. Still alive. No, he's not alive. He died twenty two okay. years ago. So his estate oh, wow. forgives you. So is that all right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, number forty one. Episode number 41, Taking Care of Yourself. Uh, Tony came up with this idea, thought it was a really good deal. Uh, most teachers are on spring, or, uh, spring break, jeepers, criminy. Uh, it's it's 9.53, and I'm the one acting like I haven't slept. So, uh, uh, Teachers are on summer break. A lot of people are on summer break. Uh, you know, we're, we're heading into it. We're, at, at the very least... Uh, the stresses of the season are not what they are in the winter season. Uh, now, you know, we're heading into just like a lot of teams, you know, I know we're heading into a busy four weeks. I'm sure you're in the same boat, aren't you, Tony? Uh, yeah, we played three games yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I saw, and you were you were pretty pleased with your guys. Yeah, we were two and one. Um, lost our last one, but like seven, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just one of those things where, uh, we're in the sophomore division. I think they had three juniors, but you know, if my choice is play or not play, we're going to play, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, we, we brought four freshman kids with us going to be freshmen and yeah, I thought they, I thought they played well. Yeah. Good. Good to hear, buddy. We, uh, we had a good camp last week. Um, you know, by the time folks hear this, we will have played in our first team camp. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I was really pleased with our kids though. Uh, I was really pleased with the progress that we made last week. So hopefully we can, we know we've got a good skill session on, on Tuesday and, and, uh, then we get going on, then we get going on Thursday, you know, we'll kind of see where we're at, you know, so, uh, just keep moving that board one, you know, one rung up the ladder and, and hopefully by the end of the summer, you know, you're optimistic about where things are heading for you as you get ready for the 23, 24 season. Yep. Yep. That's all you can do. So, but to get yourself ready. You also need to take a little bit of a step back, don't you think, Tony? Uh, yeah, you know, there's you take a look at it. You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at this one in terms of taking care of yourself. You know, I think a lot of times when we hear that we think about exercise, and I think it is a part of it. Um, you know, to make sure that you're doing things to to keep yourself. You know, whether you go take your dog for a walk or whether you go jog three miles or, or you know do some. Uh, different, you know, plyometrics or calisthenics or whatever, you know, just to make sure that you keep, you know, the blood flowing a little bit and, and you're taking care of yourself so that, you know, you can deal with the stresses and some of those things that come around easier. Mm-hmm. Other than exercise, you know, what are some things that uh, you can do, Tony, to, uh, to, to release some of that, you know, to, to take away, to take care of yourself? What are some, some things that you've done uh, to, to put yourself in that place, to put yourself in a positive place, and, and make sure that you are as good as you can be once the season rolls itself around? Because this is, a, this is you know, the reason why we're talking about it in early June is, you know, you don't want to start doing this in September or October. At that point, you got to kind of start ramping yourself up, and your opportunity has kind of gone by the wayside. Uh, so, so. What are some things that, that you're doing right now that obviously this this job never really leaves you, but you are 
you know, taking some time back, uh, taking a step back, taking some time and, and focus, focusing on some other things. You know, one of the things that's been kind of fun over the last uh, several years is I do a book study uh, with one of the guys that I, I teach with. Um, you know, we've taken a look at the culture code. We've taken a look at t- Atomic Habits. Uh, we've looked at a couple John Gordon books uh, and different things that go along those lines. And he's big into like uh, stoicism. Mm-hmm. philosophy of stoicism and so uh just taking some time to go through that and he he uh you you know patrick uh he yep. had you brought you in and had you speak uh he sh- is the head coach of the uh co-college uh, here in town they're they're uh clay target team there uh mm-hmm. they won the national championship uh for their class um this this last last spring and so just taking time to kind of walk through some of those things with him and uh you know we meet once a week uh discuss you know a, a handful of chapters and just trying to make each other better and so that as we go back you know it's kind of like pouring into yourself a little bit so that as you you kind of overflow and you go back to your team you know you can you can build that culture that you're looking for and be that that coach that hopefully inspires greatness in the in the young people that you're fortunate enough to, to coach and be a, be a part of mm-hmm. I uh, I kind of had the, the first thing here Tony and and I hope this makes sense by the time I'm done is we can't take this too seriously I mean it's serious and don't get me wrong there's nobody that wants to win more than I do um, I, but Let's think about this. We are fortunate enough, and again, we talked about this the other day at our camp. We're fortunate enough that a big part of our life is having five people in a somewhat organized fashion try to take a round ball and throw it through a hoop that is artificially hanging 10 feet off the ground more than someone else is at the other end. Uh, and, and if we're in that position, if we're in that situation... Uh, we we are we are in a really really good place, and uh-huh. yeah, nobody wants to lose and nobody wants to lose big. I mean, you know, my first year at my new job, we won or we lost, excuse me, uh, eight games in a row. Tony, I, I don't know if I've ever lost more than like three or four games in a row, and we lost eight. And we didn't win a game for a month. Uh, that was a long month. Um, <laughs> that was a really uh-huh. long month. But you know, I I, I think that. When I went through a, a lot of the stuff that I went through towards the end of my run at my old job, uh, there was there were things that were put into perspective, I think. And I, I think that part of the reason why, it, to some degree, I lost my effectiveness as a coach was that I was taking it too seriously, that I was treating it... Uh, more than it should have been that it became kind of I don't mean this in a literal fashion but at the time it felt like it was this life or death thing even though it really wasn't life and death I hope that's I hope I'm clear with that mm-hmm. um, and and I think when you put too much pressure on yourself that you you ask your kids to relax and play and release themselves to the game but if you don't do that yourself, then you are not going to be a very effective leader. You're not going to be a very effective coach. Now, don't get me wrong. There comes a time and a place where you've got to gear up your intensity uh, to another level. You've got to do the job that you've been hired to do, but you've got to learn how to separate yourself from it. And, and I think one of the things that I really struggled with 
at my old job was detaching myself from it and stepping away from it. And now, uh, and, and maybe some of this comes with experience, I've found ways to detach myself from it, to get it off my mind, to not have it constantly there. And and so I, I don't, again, I want to win just as badly as the next person, but I think when you don't obsess as much about it, then I think sometimes you're more effective when it's time to go. Uh, I hope that all made sense. Yeah, it very much makes sense. You know, it's one of those things where if you are wound tight and you're taking it overly serious, like you said, it's kind of an osmosis thing, but that gets transferred onto your kids and they feel the stress and they feel the pressure and, you know, are are afraid to make a mistake, if you will. Um, You know, and you talked a little bit about the fact that, you know, being able to detach from it and, you know, going from the old job to the new job and learning lessons in that two-year time period. You know, I had a similar where, you know, I, I left my position as a head varsity girls basketball coach and I became an assistant coach on a neighboring town. And one of the things I discovered in that year was, you know, the reason why I got into it was relationships with players, like building relationships with them and different things. And there was a part of it where, you know, my identity became, oh, you're the basketball coach at wherever. And mm-hmm. that's a part of me, but that's not yeah. my identity. Exactly. And, you know, and so those things are very, very valuable lessons to learn. And, you know, things that you can, as you kind of learn to have fun, because like you said, it is a game, you know, and, and the number one reason why kids play sports is because they're fun. And sometimes as coaches, I think we we know that in our head, but maybe it doesn't make its way down to our heart. And that's something that we've got to continue to emphasize with our players is to really enjoy this because it's a short time. Yeah. You don't get to do this forever. Um, it's a short time and to, to really make sure that you enjoy it and you have fun and build those memories. Mm-hmm. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. What else do you do, Tony? What else do you do for to, to, to get away? You know, one of the things, and this was kind of a deal where uh, a couple years ago I made the decision I was going to go back to school and get my master's. And, you know, it, it became a thing where it's like, wow, it was just part of it was athletic management and just kind of walking through some stuff, both with the athletic classes and the educational classes. Uh, there have been lessons in that, but it, you know, helped to, uh, for me to maybe gain a greater appreciation for what they're doing as student athletes, because I had to learn to balance too. I mean, during the season when you're coaching and you're also teaching, and then at the same time, you've got assignments to during the week. Yeah. And so it gave me maybe a little bit of a greater appreciation, but it also helped to expand my mind a little bit more, um, you know, just different ways of thinking and looking at things. And so that part of it was good too, because it just helped to provide a different perspective for me. 
expanding your mind, not like like Jim Morrison and the Doors. No, not definitely not like Jim Morrison and the Doors. I just want to make sure. I just want to make <laughs> thank sure. You, that, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, if if you start seeing like aquatic colors and things like that over in the CR, then we got we got problems, buddy. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the heads up. Uh, yeah, I do what I can. Um, I, I think that uh, you know something that I do, and and I and I've told this story before. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but I still play video games. I'm almost 50 years old, and and I call it my history nerd game. I have this this game called Age of Empires, and uh, it's this like I don't know. You build an empire and you go and try to conquer the world and all this other stuff. But it it is something that that I do that it takes away from basketball it's it's something that i i'm still at home so if my wife needs something i can pause the game i can go take care of this take care of that or whatever but i try honestly tony i take you know right now i I probably play it two or three hours in the summer a week um Mm -hmm. and it's it's just a release it's just a getaway uh and it makes me think. It makes me think strategically. I, I one of the things I like about it is because I'm a coach. I like thinking strategically and how to beat the other guy. But it's a completely different strategy, and it helps you with problem solving and and stuff like that. So I think in in some ways, you know, people may say it's stupid for uh, an experienced person. We're not going to use the O word, Tony, uh, to to still be playing like a video game. But I think there's something to be said to having some sort of outlet, uh, a competitive outlet. Uh, if you will. Uh, Another thing that I had kind of related to that is to find a sport uh, outside of basketball that you follow passionately, Uh, whether that's a college football team or or college football in general or Major League Baseball or what a a team or a sport outside of basketball, or maybe if you're a football coach listening to this, something else, uh, just to get away but still have that competitive drive uh, to get into it like a fan and, and to not really think about the game as uh, a, a coach, but you're just into it for the pure joy of either winning or losing the game. And I think that's something else that you can do to help with that, uh, you know, taking care of yourself and just enjoying sport for the for the passion of it rather than trying to break it down and analyze everything in the moment as you're going through it. 100% agree. I mean, you talked about video games because, you know, strategy, but also because it's fun. Mm-hmm. And there still has to be that side of your life, too, where you do things that are fun. You know, and then you mentioned, uh, you know, about following a team that you're passionate about as a fan. You know, I love Alabama football. That's that's probably, if you know, if, if I could only watch one sport, one team, and that was it would be Alabama football. I would do that over basketball. Basketball is my passion. I love basketball. But at the same time, it's just something about that two and a half, three hours where you're watching your team as a fan and you just have a rooting interest in it. Like you said, you're not overanalyzing everything and you're not breaking down film and this, that, and the other. You just are watching it because it's something that you truly do enjoy. But there has to be that side of your life as far as the enjoyment side of it, too, so that you have that balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else you got, buddy? You know, one of the things that's very, very important to me is my family and just spending time with them. You know, we have our four kids and then we are we have seven grandkids. 
And so it's just those things with them. Uh, we had we celebrated our youngest, Ashley, uh, graduated a couple of weeks ago from Cornell College. Um, and so she's got a teaching job in the fall. And so uh, her older, one of her older sisters said, hey, we should get together and celebrate Ashley's accomplishment. And so that's what we did Saturday and Sunday. So we had all four kids. Uh, we had our seven grandkids. My mom and dad came over. And uh, so we celebrated that. And, you know, just... I just really enjoy being around them. You know, I remember uh, back in the fall, our oldest grandson who just turned 10 recently, and it's like, holy cow, how did he turn 10? But anyway, watching him play soccer, you know, and I know a little bit about soccer, but I mean, it's not something I, you know, know a ton about. Yeah, and Tony, so just uh, sitting there you... watching him play and just the enjoyment of that. But that's something too, is those familial relationships and making sure that those are a priority because there have been times, you know, during the season uh, when I've had to miss out on some things. And sometimes, you know, you might be there physically, but you're not there mentally. You're thinking back to practice or a practice plan or what you got to do next or what film you have to break down. And so those are some things just that that balance as well. You uh, you coach soccer, don't you, Tony? I do. Um, you know, it was one of those things going through it where, you know, our kids liked it. I didn't obviously grow up playing it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we lived in Cedar Falls at the time. And so I was able to, because you and I had it, uh, my neighbor and I spent some time learning the basics of it. Mm -hmm. And I know enough to be dangerous. And over the years with being in Cedar Rapids, especially I'm a, a part of a staff where our head coach played collegiately. Uh, actually, both of our head, we have co-head coaches. Both mm -hmm. of them played collegiately. Um, the gal that I, we, we kind of co-head coached the JV program. She's more JV1, I'm more JV2, but she played at UNI. Mm. Really good soccer player. Hall of Fame is a soccer player here at Kennedy. And so just being able to be around them and pick their brains a little bit. Um, like I said, I know enough to be dangerous, but I am by no means have like a class A or a class B license or anything like that. Uh, so you're not Ted Lasso is what you're saying. I am definitely not Ted Lasso, but do and do enjoy the little bit that I know about that show. I haven't, unfortunately I've never been able to watch an episode, seen a few, uh, you know, clips on, on Twitter of different things, but it seemed like a really, really cool show. You would love it. You, you're a sports dork and you would, you would love it. I mean, it is, it is awesome. It is just, it is awesome. So, um, here's another, uh, you were talking about family. I, mm -hmm. I think that's uh, really, really important to do. Uh, you know, family vacations are obviously a, a must. Uh, you know, we're we're getting together again. You know how this is, Tony. Uh, we're we're, we're going to have all our kids in the same place for twenty four to forty eight hours this weekend yep. uh, for my dad's birthday party, which we're really, really excited about. And uh, but I also think like something to think about going into your next season is try to find time for your family during the season. I think you try to uh, pre-plan and maybe even surprise your spouse with a little staycation during your season. And maybe it's just one night. Maybe it's just one night and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Now, again, you and I are both in uh, bigger cities, but, you know, Carla and I probably once, once pretty much every season, we try to find one night we find a Saturday night, let's say, we go, and even the hotel might be 10 minutes away from our house. We go, we check into a hotel, we go out, we have dinner, we have drinks, we maybe meet up with friends, so forth and so on, just to kind of get away, to kind of feel like you're on vacation for 
16 to, to 20 hours and kind of get away from things. And, and, and sometimes the best things to do in the season is to surprise your spouse with something like that. Uh, you leave them a note, you know, you're leaving for shoot around on Saturday morning. Hey, after this afternoon's game, I got us this and this and this set up. We're going to go make sure you're packed up and ready to go or something like that. And, and little things like that will help you take care of yourself and release yourself from the game and to, to it will again help you manage your team better by having those little stress releases throughout the throughout the season. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. Yeah, and one of the things that Reed and I have done, and we normally do this in the off season, is uh, we decided a handful of years ago that sometime during the summer uh, we were just going to, you know, end of July, once you kind of get through your summer season, if you will, your summer program, uh, we're just going to go. We've gone, you know, a variety of places. Uh, went to Mount Rushmore last year. Uh, year before that, we ran up to Madison, Wisconsin, and this year we're going to go to Nashville. But just, oh, okay. you know, go and do some different things like that once you get through, you know, the summer right before school begins you know, and, and, and get back to, to that, the day-to-day, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things about Nashville. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. She's uh, she's pretty good at this type of stuff, so she's looked up some different things and kind of has a, a rough itinerary in place, and so it'll be fun. I have a former student uh, who's trying to do the country music uh, thing, and so uh, we're hoping that he will be having a show as we swing down there towards the end of July and hop in and watch him perform. Rita Viss. Nashville tour guide. She might be. Yeah, she might there be. You go. There you go. Uh, what else you got? Are, are you want me to go next, or what do you got, buddy? Yeah, I got one more. I, I, I know you, you mentioned not necessarily to do just, you know, to kind of get away from the exercise thing, but I do want to talk a little bit about the exercise thing somewhat. Um, you know, one of the things in the summer that's great is you can get outside the vitamin D thing. You know, I... Uh, both of us have dogs are a bit older mm-hmm. and uh mine mine is uh he's 14 now uh so doesn't quite go as far as we used to on our walks but just getting outside and doing some of that and then the other thing that i'll do uh during the summer is i'll work out a lot more like i'll work out five days a week during the summer and mm-hmm. then uh, as we get into the school year i'll knock it down to just weekends and then so, unfortunately usually takes two to four weeks into the season before I kind of kick the exercise regimen to the curb. Uh, just something has to go. If, you know, if it's going to be practice planning and watching film and so on and so forth, you know, as far as coaching responsibilities or working out, and it probably should keep the workout in there on the weekend, but I will kick it to the curb eventually and then uh, pick it back up as soon as the season's over and soccer's getting ready to start, and then I'll work out on the weekends during soccer but you know just some of those things and it, it, i mean it's, it's nothing crazy like when i say i'm working out it's probably like 15 20 minutes sometimes it might get crazy and be 25 or 30 minutes mm-hmm. um you know when i used to walk reese we would walk 
I don't know, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour almost every day. Yeah. And now if we can get around the block in 10 or 15 minutes, that's, that's pretty good, especially uh, with the humidity. He does not, not deal well with the humidity, but um, you know, just some of those little things like that can make a world of difference just in terms of like your optimism and your outlook on life. And that way, when you bump into young people and different things like that, you know, they, they picture you as being optimistic and happy to be mm-hmm. there and, you yeah. know, different things like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, you know, the walks with the Chuckster and, uh, he's still trucking along here. So, uh, that boy Chuck. I, yeah, that boy Chuck. So, uh, you're talking about getting outside, you know, uh, and, and I'm going to combine two things in, in, into one here with that, uh, you know, Getting outside, and, and sometimes you talked about reading, Tony, and you, mm-hmm. you talked about what you and Patrick do. Um, one of the things that, that I do and I recommend is to, obviously I'm a, a big reader, anybody that's listening knows that, but to read something other than sports books. Uh, find uh, some non-basketball thing to get into. Uh, it's maybe it's just Harry Potter or something like that. Uh, this is going to sound pretty dorky, but I'm kind of a dorky guy. And if you haven't figured that out after over 400 podcasts, well, then that's on you. Okay, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, but uh, I am a, a passionate reader of Agatha Christie novels and short stories. And so a lot of times I just go in the backyard and kind of roll up the shirt sleeves or, or unfortunately for, uh, my neighbors, maybe, uh, go a little, not, you know, not bad, bad, but, you know, uh, take the shirt off and, and try to gather some sun and, and just read for an hour and catch some rays. And again, relax, take my mind off of all the other crazy things that I do. And I think you have to, to carve that out. So you're talking about working out, you're talking about reading, you're talking about finding time for your family. I think all, a lot of this also comes down to organizing your day, planning your day, listing your things out. I, I do that every day and there is nothing more satisfying than scratching out everything on that list. And, and so, uh, but you have to, you know, if, if you're going to do it, you got to put it on there to make sure that you do it. Cause once you write it down, the likelihood of you doing it increases instead of saying, Oh yeah, I got to do that. Uh, so I encourage folks to do that. Um, I got a couple of other things here, Tony. Uh, I, I think to help with the the stress of the game uh, of taking care of yourself. And, and again, we can't always pick this, but if possible, uh, I think it's good to have friends that are not in coaching, that you have friends that you spend time with. And now, you know, like, you know, my buddies back home, Meyer and, and, and Kevin and, and those guys, Cousin Al, uh, you know, obviously they, they know a little bit about basketball. We talk about basketball and, and my team when we get together. Uh, my buddy Kevin's son had a really, really good career at Briarcliff, and his, his twin daughters are there now playing sports. So, I mean, it comes up. It's gonna, we're going to talk about it, you know, but it's, not, it's, it's a very small part of the conversation. Or, you know, uh, you know, people that Carla and I hang around with, couples that we hang around with, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the team a little bit, but we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff other than that. And I, and I think that that's really, really good to, uh, to have those social outlets where the entire relationship isn't just about basketball. And that's kind of the starting point of your conversations. Uh, you're, you're going to have other things. And again, you know, if you're like Tony and I, you're just lucky to have friends, period, uh, because we're kind of social outcasts and, and dorks, spazzes, geeks, uh, any other uh, 
socially awkward terms you would like to describe us. That's why we get along so well. But <laughs> but uh, I almost got through that with a straight face, Tony. Uh, you did. What? You did almost. I, I did almost. Uh, if you just want to know what Tony and I were like, uh, just take a look at the kids standing up against the wall in 16 Candles during the school dance. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll be Farmer Ted and you can be Bryce. How about that? Uh, Thank so, you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are the under, underrated lines in that whole movie? Do you remember when they they knock on the door? They're at the big party. They're at uh, uh, Jake Ryan's party and they're, they're oh, all yeah. nervous. Yet. And he knocks on the door right before they open up the door. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall turns around and says, oh, yeah, and be polite to his parents. <laughs> Yeah. It's, a great, it's a great line. It is. It is very underrated. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, no, having those friends outside of coaching, I think, is really important. I, I don't. You know, anything to chime in on that one, Tony? Yeah. I mean, it can't be the obsession and the you know what's on your mind twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, you're going to burn yourself out. And, you know, I know you don't want to use the O word, so I'll go back to experience, season, whatever. But if you're going to make it decades in this profession, you have to be able to talk something besides shop. And, you you know, you have to have those friends that truly care about you. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you have those conversations about each other's family and they know kind of your history and what your interests are and stuff like that. But, yeah, there has to be that that balance in life. And I think that's the, the key. One of the key words here is just balance. You have to have balance. Mm-hmm. I, I got one other thing here, Tony. Uh, do you have anything on your list? Yeah, I got, I got one other as well. Okay, and I know ahead. this is going to almost seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here uh, because we were talking about balance and not obsessing and stuff like that. But the other side of the coin that I would give out there as well as this, you know, right now it's about our players getting better. Right. Mm-hmm. We want our players to get better. So when next season rolls around, they're a better version of themselves. And during this time, if you want them to get better, I think you as a coach have to set the example as well. And you as a coach, you have to get better. Mm-hmm. That might be how you handle late game situations. That might be taking a look at adding, you know, uh, some different quick hitters to your offense or, you know, being able to throw a, a different defense or two out there. Or maybe it's changing up your out of bounds plays or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but you also have to make sure that during this time, you know, as you're going into workouts, you know, whether it's individual or team or camps or whatever the case may be that you yourself have to be improving as a coach as well Mm -hmm. but i think as you say that tony i think part of the advice that you're giving is we also tell our players come into the gym and work your tail off for 45 minutes to an hour and then get out Mm -hmm. um, and and be really efficient with your time and getting better for us as coaches instead of spending four hours kind of farting around Spend spend an hour and a half to two hours working on your craft, and then go spend two and a half hours, two hours doing the stuff that we're talking about in the other part of this podcast here. You know, yeah, and and, and I think efficiency is a big part of that. You know, because we ask, you know, with with our kids, we probably ask in terms of the total hours in a week from them. We're probably asking about eleven. 
to 13 hours a week is what we're asking. When you take mm-hmm. a look at how many hours are in that week, you know, it's it's not a whole lot. And yeah. so like you're saying, there's plenty of other things that we can also balance in there as well as a coach to to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and we can be the best version of ourselves as well. There's 168 hours in a week, Tony. Pretty good. I, I just did the math. Not bad for a history teacher to do that. That isn't quickly. bad. And we're not even asking for 10% of their hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I think I think that's also good math there, buddy. Social <laughs> studies department is nailing it tonight. So uh, it must be the late hour that we're recording this. So pretty soon we'll be uh, splitting the atom again. So uh, the, the, the last thing that I had... And this kind of goes into a little bit of everything, and I kind of want to bookend my opening statement, is you got to delegate stuff as a head coach. You cannot be omnipresent. You can't be at everything. Uh, And I think it's important that for you to take that stress off of things that you allow others to do things that you are capable of doing, but it's okay for somebody else to do. Uh, Mike Neighbors, I, I spent a lot of time studying Mike Neighbors stuff. And one of the things that really stuck with me with Mike Neighbors was uh, this quote that he learned as a head coach. Uh, if it doesn't involve winning, I don't do it. And that is that is a credo that I've tried to live by. Now, again, that's completely impossible because, I, you know, you do have to be involved with fundraising. You do have to be involved with this, that. And the, you know, there's, there's things you have to do. Uh, but if you can delegate things to your high school coaching staff, to your junior high coaching staff, as an example, we're, we're experimenting with this uh, thing, uh, both our boys program and our girls program. We're going to open up the gym for an hour on Monday and Wednesday afternoons, early in the afternoons, like 1 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And we're just going to call them sniper sessions. Is That's what we're calling it on the girls' side. I don't know if the boys are calling it or anything. Uh, but we are literally just opening up the gym. We're putting the ball rack out, and we're just saying, grab a ball and go shoot. We're, we're, we don't have a workout lined up for you. We don't have this lined up for you. We don't have that lined up for you. Just come in, get shots up, kind of like back in when we were kids, Tony, back in the 80s. You just go to the playground, and you just shoot, and you, you weren't really, you know, you were kind of imagining yourself being guarded by, you know, I don't know, I'll use a reference from tonight's game, Alex English or Kiki Vandaway or, in, in your case, George Mikan or Bob Cousy. Um, dang it, almost got that one out without laughing too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, but I'm going to have my new junior high coach do that tomorrow. And, you know, I've told her, here's here's what I want. If, if, a, if a girl says, hey, can you rebound for me? Rebound for them. If they say, hey, do you have anything that, you, you know, what something I could work on? You know, go ahead. But we're not going to work on it. We're not going to plan anything. And that's something I can delegate. And I'm going to be at home working on other stuff. Um, so I think that it's really important as a head coach that you delegate those responsibilities as much as you can so that you stay fresh. And like we've talked about before, Tony, your folks on your staff, for the most part, they want to be involved. They want responsibilities. So find ways to delegate because I know one of the things that led me to the point that I was at four or five years ago was thinking that I had to be everywhere. And and it was my own fault. And I've said that many, many times before. And I can't do that anymore. And maybe it's not exactly the way I want it, but it's still going to be done 
and be done very well because I have good people around me. So delegate whenever possible. 100% agree with that. You know, I think um, oftentimes head coaches can be type A personalities where they have to have their fingerprints all over everything. And, you know, like you mentioned, it might not be 100% the way that we would have done it. But at the same time, it's still going to be pretty good. And pretty good is going to be okay. And so give them some some opportunities, especially young coaches. And hopefully, you know, you're trying to mentor them so that they can go ahead and go after their their dreams as well. And you can be a part of that and helping develop them. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. You know who's never not just pretty good, Tony, but they're always excellent? Europe. Always excellent. Our boys from Sweden, they're called Europe, but here we just call them awesome. So, 100%. Tony, it's your turn for trivia this week. What do you got for me? All right. I know you had Jeff Steinus on. Um, I'm not sure how long ago, but Jeff is a very, very big proponent of the FIBA three on three. And they had the uh, FIBA three on three championships today. And the U.S. women won gold mm-hmm. and then got beat in the championship game. They brought home the silver. Mm-hmm. So my question related to the women is, can you tell me the last time that America won the three-on-three uh, gold medal in FIBA World Championship? I have no clue. Uh... The last time that they won it? Yeah. Yep. Last Before. time America won gold in the FIBA three-on-three for the women. Well, it hasn't been around very long. No, it's not, to, not real long. To, today. I don't know. Is it today? Yeah, they won today. I know, but, but that's my answer. last time before that. Oh. Uh, 2016. Ooh, good guess. Incorrect. Too far or not far enough in the not past? Not far enough. Not far enough in the past. Mm-hmm. 2014. Is correct. How about that for not having a clue? To quote Tony Viss from last week, I pulled that one out of my butt. <laughs> oh. 
So I was as impressive. Yeah, well, I don't mean to sound too impressive, but I have many leather-bound books in my <laughs> apartment. Smells of rich mahogany. I know Merlin Olson personally. <laughs> the old Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Ah, oh, hey, uh, two thousand four. I didn't even know they'd been around. Honestly, that was a stab in the dark. I had no idea. When did it start? When did FIBA 3-on-3 start? I don't even know. I have no clue on them when it began. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I, I don't think it's been... I It wouldn't surprise me if that was the first year, but I have no clue. Yeah, I have no I have no idea either. So, All right. Well, hey, I'm a basketball genius because I pulled one out of my keister. So <laughs> uh, we are taping this. It is now 10.30 on Sunday night, and before Tony nods off in his recliner there, um, we're going to talk a little NBA Finals. Uh, it looked like after Thursday night's game that Denver was going to be really hard to beat, and then the Miami Heat do Miami Heat things, and an hour ago they even the series at one game apiece. Tony, was that... Denver's ineptitude or Miami's heat culture? I'm going to go heat culture. And a big part of what I would say with, with the heat culture is like, if you go with Denver's ineptitude, I think a part of that is, man, they must have turned the ball over a ton and just kind of adding things up here real quick. I believe they only turned it over 13 times. Okay. And so I, I would go that route. And then you begin to look at, you know, Caleb Martin wasn't feeling well. He was under the weather. And so they ended up making a pretty good adjustment, I thought, with starting Kevin Love mm-hmm. in his place. And then Love was able to guard uh, Jokic. You know, it shouldn't say, you know, not like he held him down because Jokic had 41, <laughs> but it allowed Bam to guard Aaron Gort, which yeah. was the really bad matchup for the Heat in game one. Mm-hmm. And then you go through and you take a look, you know, Gabe Vincent. Played really, really well. Uh, just looking through some stuff here, he was four out of six from behind the arc. He led him with 23 points. Um, you know, Bam and Jimmy both had 21. I'm just shocked Bam's had over two games in a row of 20. Yeah. Uh, Max Struss played well. He had 14. Duncan Robinson had 10, but eight of them in the fourth quarter. And then Kyle Lowry, I thought, was really good off the bench for him as well uh, with nine points. Uh, for the Heat as well. So I just thought the Heat made some nice adjustments. Kevin Love in the starting lineup, you know, uh, and then they just had guys that played really, really well, you Mm -hmm. know, going through those handful of players that were mentioned. What were your thoughts on it? I think it's a little bit of both. I I really felt like, um, and again, I want, I don't want to, I want to compliment Miami. uh, Spolstra, if you've ever, if you're ever listening to this, hey man, you're here, you're awesome. You're awesome. But I also feel like uh, Denver got caught up in some other stuff. Uh, They started, you know, sniping at the refs a little bit uh, instead of focusing on the next play. Uh, You you knew it was going to be a big deal because this is just the way the things work at this level. Uh, Miami shot two free throws in game one. So you knew that they were, A, they were going to shoot more free throws, and B, 
they were probably going to get away with more stuff. It's kind of like when Draymond Green does something, and all of a sudden the next game he comes out there, and he could be like Mr. Fuji throwing talcum powder in guys' eyes, and the ref just doesn't see it, you know, type of a thing. Thank mm-hmm. you for the 1980s uh, professional referee. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I mean, and... Uh, you know, I, I, I felt like they were, like, Jokic, what do you say? He had 41. I'm looking up the box for right now. Yeah, he had, he had 41. He had 41. I only think he had, like, three assists, though. In the first game, you know, he ended oh, he had four assists. I'm sorry, but in the first game, he had 14 assists. Yeah. He shot eight free throws. I really thought he could have shot 18. I, I thought there was a yeah. lot of body contact, and, and he was kind of, it was it was all hips and below, but it felt like there was just, a, every time he caught it at the nail and started putting it on the floor, there was a lot of kind of undercutting on him as he went up. Um, if you'd have said before the game, Tony, that uh, here's the here's the Miami plus minus off the bench. Uh, Lowry was minus 15, Zeller was minus 14 in eight minutes, uh, Martin minus seven, um, Highsmith uh, was minus 17 in six minutes. Ooh. Uh, and Duncan Robinson was minus six. Uh, if, if you'd have known that going into the game, you would have said, well, Denver's going to win by 25. That's going to be a blowout. Um, but, you know, Gabe Vincent was plus 22 in 32 minutes. Love was plus 18 in 22 minutes. Um, you know, and so the role players, you know, uh, Struess came out and was really stroking it in that first quarter, uh, in a large part because Denver kept screwing up defensively. They just kept making mistakes. And, and Miami is a tough, proud franchise. You knew they were not going to go down without a fight. Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably outmanned and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not the favorites, um, you know, so but but it's they're going to go down with a fight, and and I don't think I, I think it was Van Gundy said it early in the game that uh, Denver did not adjust to the intensity of Miami for a full quarter. Well, Miami made it into a thirty-six minute game instead of a forty-eight minute game by throwing the first punches, and then they threw the last punches in the fourth quarter there. So um, I still think Denver's the better team. I still think Denver's going to win in five or six games. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think that, I, I think that Miami, uh, really came out tonight. I think Denver's going to learn a lot, not so much physically from this game, but I think they're going to learn a lot mentally from this game and how to handle some success. Um, you know, they had won, I think they said on the broadcast, they'd won seven playoff games in a row. That's almost impossible to do. They were due for a dud. Miami took advantage of it. A lot of things had to go right for Miami to win it. I think more things will go right in the future for Denver than it will Miami. Uh, but, hey, give give the Heat credit. Uh, they, they took care of business when they needed to. Again, I, I think it's Heat culture and Denver ineptitude, but I think it's more, to me, a little bit more on the Denver ineptitude that if they just do what they normally do, the Heat can bring all the culture that they want. I just think that in the long term, uh, this is just too tough of a matchup for them. But that's my opinion. It is a tough matchup. But the thing I would give you, if you go back to, you know, you mentioned game one a little bit there. Um, Caleb Martin and uh, I think it was Struis, if I remember correctly, were like one for almost 20 uh, from three in the first one. And then Jimmy didn't play great in that first game either. Um, and they got beat by double digits, but it wasn't as big a gap. And if I'm Miami from that first game, I'm like, wait a second. If we just kind of get 
our stuff in a row here, we've got a chance. Yeah. And, you know, and then the other thing that I think that they made a little bit of an adjustment on is with Jokic, you can't let him get, you know, the first game he had 27 points, 14 assists. Yeah. You can't let him do both. Yeah. And tonight, you know, don't get me wrong, he had 41 points. He had a great game, but he had four assists. And so if you can make him kind of a one-trick pony, and, you know, Michael Porter Jr. was really bad tonight. Yeah, he was. Uh, Caldwell Pope was bad tonight. Yep. Um, you know, and so Murray wasn't bad, but he wasn't Jamal Murray like he had been. Yeah. He had like 18, if I remember correctly. And then, you know, you mentioned Miami got two free throws in the first game. They got 20 tonight. Yep. And, you know, and so just those, one of those things where, yeah, probably some of it was the fact they only got two in the first game. So they might have got rewarded a little bit for that. Mm-hmm. But I think it showed them, hey, Here's here's a little bit of the recipe, and you know I was I was in the same boat as you. I I, I thought Denver would win this five six games. I think this is going seven. I really yeah. think this one's going to go seven. Still in Denver's camp because Game Seven is in Denver, mm-hmm. but Denver's got to win one now in Miami, uh-huh. and that's not easy. No, it's not. Uh, Den- or Miami seventeen for thirty five from the three point line tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean. Uh, they got they 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 got they got to shoot it like that all the time. They I mean mm-hmm. you know uh, I'm doing some quick history teacher math here, so be careful with this. Um, Vincent Struess, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry were a combined twelve for twenty two from the three point line. Those four guys combined shot over fifty percent, and yet they only won by three. Now it wins a win. You know, but that's going to be hard to replicate three more times, and they're probably going to have to kind of do something along those lines at least two more times. Uh, you, you never know what could happen in a singular game, but probably a couple, at least a couple more times, they're going to have to have some sort of shooting night like that again. Uh, again, my but to opinion. be honest with you, of those those guys, I don't think Lowry's a great three point shooter, but it's not it's not odd for Robinson. Vincent oh. and Struess to, to knock them down. They like can that. shoot it. They can shoot it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And Caleb Martin didn't feel well tonight. You know, that was a part of why they made the adjustment in the lineup. I'll be interested to see because there's been talk. And again, I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth here because I kind of hit a little bit on Tyler Hero earlier, but there's talk that he's going to play game three. Mm-hmm. And that puts another shooter on the floor for him. Yeah. And the one thing, he, the ball doesn't move as well when he's in. And I think that's been something that Miami's kind of benefited from with his absence is the ball has moved and flowed a little bit better. Yeah. Plus, if 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 when Jokic sees him out there, he's going to be like, eh, come here. Come here, guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm about to uh, send you back to. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to what Serbian basketball is all about here. So, you know, you can make the you can make the argument tonight, Tony, that uh, Christian Brown was the Nuggets' second best player in the minutes that he gave him. He was really good tonight. He, he was, was really good. You know, and their bench was really good. I mean, yeah. you go through and take a look at their bench, and you talked about this before. It's seven, eight guys, and do what they do, but. He was good. Jeff Green was really good. And then, uh, is it Bruce Brown's the other one? Yep. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding too. But yep. that's as good as I've ever seen Denver's bench play. Uh-huh. And, you know, and the, a part of that, you go back, like Caldwell Pope fouled uh, two times on three-point shots. Six and points. And so, you know, you were mentioning statistics earlier. That's six free-throw attempts right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just 
you know, so that's basically like 19 threes is what they gave mm-hmm. up, you know, and so it's it's hard to win when you give up 19 threes. So uh, by the time folks hear this, uh, we will have two more games. So it could be 2-2, it could be 3-1, one way or the other. Uh, we we shall see, Mr. Viss, we shall see. But well, one of the reasons why I kept Tony up uh, way past his uh, bedtime here, and I hope Rita has cooked, uh, made him a little warm uh, cup of milk to help help him get to sleep here in a couple of minutes. Is uh, we we wanted to talk about the NBA game after trivia tonight as well. So, uh, Tony, I'm going to let you get to bed, buddy. Uh, Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, make it up to you in some way, shape, or form here. Uh, you know you, my my uh, weakness for Arby's. <laughs> uh, you keep an eye on that mailbox, buddy. You keep an eye on I that will. mailbox. So, uh, episode forty-one. Taking care of yourself. Uh, Tony's going to take care of himself by putting some cucumbers over his eyes, or put on no, sorry, not cucumbers over. His, he's going to put on his uh, little sleep mask and uh, uh, just kind of cruise off here. Uh, one thing is, Tony, you only got a half day of school tomorrow, so it's not like you really got to do anything. So I'll come home and take a nap. Yeah, I was just going to say that's what you do. That's what grandpas do. They come home and take a nap. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, episode 41, taking care of yourself. Uh, Tony and I really appreciate you listening to this. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, you can email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. You can direct message Tony at Tony D. Vist. You can direct message me on Twitter as well. Hope you folks enjoyed this. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day. Bye.